Hello and welcome to episode 127 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. Joining me as always is the glorious League Freak, who you can find on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? All right, it's a bit of a sombre episode with the news about Kobe Bryant, but we'll talk about that later. But yeah, being uh, felt pretty sad all day about it, to be honest. Yeah, it's had a bit of a an air of misery, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, pretty sudden, shocking news, that. Yeah, it was yeah. but uh, we'll talk about the footy news first because we are a rugby league podcast, and then we'll we'll get to the Kobe Bryant stuff a bit later on. Yeah, so we figured we might just couple a whole heap of miserable pieces together in this one. So talk about all the rugby league miseries that have happened over the week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's been a few weird things that have happened. Uh, it's been a bit of a mixed bag, hey? It has, and. Uh... Let's get to the big story today. Curtis Scott, uh, Canberra Raiders' new recruit from the Storm, has been, uh, was it arrested? Yeah, after being yeah. resisting arrest and refusing to leave someplace in, near Moore Park, and uh, he's been a bit of a naughty boy. Yeah, but it's not his go, and he deserves a second chance, and he's a good bloke, and he does stuff for charity too. Probably. So I'm sure he'll be fine. But I tell you what, being tasered, that's that's pretty big. He was thrown in jail overnight. Um, he kicked and he allegedly kicked and punched an officer in the face. So, I mean, he's got some pretty serious charges that he's up against. And it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, the NRL's got to stand him down, obviously. But uh, it's the last thing that, the Canberra Raiders want out of their new recruit. And, I mean, man, what a way to start at a new club, hey? Yeah, so he's got uh, six charges against him, two counts of assaulting an officer in ex- execution of their duty, one count of resisting an officer in ex- execution of their duty, behaving in an offensive manner in or near a public place or school, behaving in an offensive or indecent manner and remaining on slash enter trust lands after being requested to leave. Uh, he was granted bail and will appear at Downing Centre Local Court on Thursday, February 20. Yeah, and I mean, <clears throat> you wouldn't want to be in his shoes. Um, well, on the three, those last three charges mm. probably won't, won't amount to much other than a, a bit of a slap on the wrist and a fine and stuff, but uh, two counts of assaulting an officer and one of resisting arrest. Oh, yeah, I wonder what he, I mean, you would think that, I don't know what you would get for assaulting a police officer. I can't imagine you just get, you know, uh, probation or good behaviour bond, you know what I mean? I I can't imagine they're going to be okay with that. They might go leaning on one case of assault, but when there's two, I don't know, it's... It's dodgy waters. I, I think he's, uh, yeah, I think the NRL has to stand him down. They've got no option here. Oh, 100%. 100%. And he deserves it too. Yeah. Uh, man, I tell you what, you leave the storm and things fall apart, hey? It's it's funny though. We're just talking off air about how, you know, we, we go back five months or so and everyone's going, what's going on at the storm? They're losing all these players. Mm-hmm. Then you had two Storm players getting in trouble over in Bali. And now this guy who's just left getting in trouble. 
you think, hmm, maybe the Storm let him go for a reason. I mean, he did miss a fair chunk of last year. Wasn't that for something other than injury? I can't remember, to be honest. Um, I always feel like the Storm very rarely lose play, like the obviously the stars they it's hard to keep them but the the mid table to lower table players at their club uh it's very rare they lose the ones they really want to hold on to you know and yeah maybe they just got to a point where they realized they needed a bit of a culture change or a clean out or whatever it was maybe just an overall attitude attitude change in the club's roster i don't know but it it it's funny how and we've we've joked about it on this podcast, you don't buy Storm players because the Storm get the absolute best out of players for the most part and they leave to go to other clubs and they just don't perform as well. Yeah, it's amazing how that happens. Mm. Um, it's, I just found an article here from May 9 last year mm-hmm. um, where Bellum, Craig Bellamy said form was the reason for Curtis Scott admission. But apparently mm-hmm. there was also... He was having a bit of an issue with his partner at the time as well. Oh, okay. So. Well, there you go. I mean, and he's only young, you know. He's only, what, 22, something like yeah. that. But, I mean, it, it doesn't excuse what he did. Because no, uh, Especially when you consider these what, players right? get so much more education on yeah. how to behave themselves and, you know, how to treat people respectfully and things like that than any other person would at that age. And so there is zero excuse for this behaviour. The other thing is too, like, even if he's only on $200,000 a year, he's making a hell of a lot of money for someone that young. It's not like he, um, he has options with that money to choose better things to do with his time than to, you know, fall asleep in a park or something. <laughs> exactly. It's, yeah, it's, it's just silly. I mean, with 200 grand, he could almost buy a laundry in Sydney. <laughs> he, could, he could buy, like, a really, really good compact parking spot somewhere. Yeah. Um, so I'll stick with the uh, bad boys news. Jaipo mm. Gowie from the Broncos has been charged by police for a driving infringement after he was found asleep in his car. Yeah, and we were talking about this before too because um, we like to do podcasts and then record just basically talking what we've already yeah, done. Yeah, we, we do a really good podcast and then we go and record and do the shitty version. That's what we post out for everyone. <laughs> Let me tell you, the first first conversation we had was fantastic. Oh, fucking stellar. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's illegal to be drunk and sitting in a driver's seat is my understanding of a car, even if it's not turned on or anything. Yeah. And it seems like that's maybe what's happened. And he's, he's thought, look, I, I can't drive. I'll sleep it off. And they've, you know, they've found him asleep in his car. They've breath tested him. And, um, you know, it's, it's not a great look, but it's way, way, way better than him drink driving. Um, even if he didn't get caught, so, I, like, I can't be too upset at him, to be honest with you. What do you feel about it? Uh, I'm, I'm the same. At least he was, he made the right decision to go to sleep. I'm hoping yeah. he didn't drive too far. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think he'll get punished too heavily. He will mm-hmm. he will cop a fine. It'll be a decent-sized one based on, you know, what his reading was. 
Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think there'll be much more to it than that. I can't see him being stood down or anything like that because, you know, I, I think his is a pretty open and shut sort of case. I'll have this one sorted out pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, it's it's easy to second-guess people after they've made decisions. But, I mean, if you're a young bloke and you are drunk and you've got your car somewhere, man, even even though he has this, this uh, drink-driving charge technically to his name now, the fact that he was like, no, I'm not driving, I'll try and sleep it off, I mean... Uh, that was a good decision and, um, you know, not a great situation, but probably the best of all of the bad choices that he, he could have made. So, um, yeah, I, I it, it'll be interesting to see what they do find him because they will find him. They've got to send a message, but um, I, I think it'll probably be just a slap on the wrist more than anything. Guaranteed the fine he'll get from the NRL and or the club Mm. will be much bigger than the one that he'll get from the court. Oh, yeah, 100%. The court will probably say, oh, 1500 two grand or something like that. The club will, yeah. club will sting him ten grand. You reckon ten grand, hey? Probably. Yeah. What's it's ten grand to an NRL player these days? You know, it, it's, it sends a pretty decent message without hurting their back pocket too much. Yeah, once they get to a certain point, it's, it's interesting how fines for poor behaviour or off-field incidents have changed over the last 10 years. I mean, you think back to how much, like, uh, Mark Gasney was fined for that phone message that he left. Like, I think he was fined something ridiculous, like 50 grand. Yeah. Uh, and then Mitchell Pierce, I mean, he he got smashed. He got absolutely hammered with a fine a few years ago. Um. So, yeah, and, like, the fines that rugby league players get, like, the $10,000 fines are actually, they're pretty big compared to the rest of the sporting world. Like, even professional tennis players, um, even NBA players that have been fined, they don't get $10,000 fines that often. No, it's um, it's a thing where NRL kind of has this understanding of, the culture and the perception that a lot of the players have given the, the game and stuff over the years. Mm-hmm. And so they do everything they can to try and make themselves, I guess, look professional and above board and, mm-hmm. um, you know, full of exquisitely behaved humans. Mm-hmm. So they, they do tend to want to crack down harder on bad behavior when it happens. And I think yeah. to an extent you could probably argue that it has been working because, Let's face it; it's only been really until now that we're starting to get a few, a few shitty stories, you know, from the off season. Mm-hmm. And like compared to some of the other off seasons, they're not like devastating. Yeah. Um, no, no women have been assaulted this time around, which is a bloody good start. Yeah, exactly. So I actually saw one publication, and I can't remember what one it was, saying that uh, the often gowie thing continued the NRL's off-season from hell, and I was like, man, they dragged that headline out of nowhere because it's, oh, it's been... That's got to be Herald Sun. White, white one, you know? That's got to be the Herald Sun. Yeah, it might have been. <laughs> <laughs> now, <clears throat> there was some... We've got a bit of signing news here. First mm-hmm. one is actually not a signing. It was a refusal of the signature. And, um, Josh Dugan 
reportedly rejected an offer from Catalan Dragons. Because right. um, apparently, and this is a bit I don't understand, mm-hmm. he's, according to someone at the Sunday Telegraph, take that with a, gra- a very, very small grain of salt, um, <laughs> that he's on the outer at the Sharks and he's behind the likes of Matt Moylan for the fullback gig at the Sharks, which I find absolutely astonishing. Yeah. Uh, like, even if he was, what are the chances Matt Moylan's going to be friggin' fit for a month straight, you know? I think if you did a basic test on Rugby League Intelligence and you said to someone, you've got to choose a fullback between Josh Dugan and Matt Moylan. If, every, mm. if, if you took everyone who said Matt Moylan and told them to leave the game and never come back, Rugby League would be better for it. That would be fantastic. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, I agree. The game's the, the, the IQ of the fans immensely. <laughs> and I don't think there'd be many people who'd be saying, yeah, Matt Moylan, for sure. Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I, see, I hadn't heard that deal from Catalans. Did it? Did they say how many years it was for? I think it was just for the remaining two years on his current deal. Um, and the story suggests that the Sharks offered him to Catalan. Mm-hmm. and uh, Dugan didn't want to go. So the article's pretty much suggesting that he's happy to sit in reserve grade for two years and an 800 grand a year, but the problem with that is that his next deal is going to be completely, you know, not going to be worth a bloody dog's breakfast, really. Yeah. Which is I'll a look- risky runs doing that, but I, I don't know. I can't see that he would be on that much of an outer. Like, yeah, like I can see where a coach would be looking to maybe go in a different direction, but he he'd definitely be part of your plans. Like he he would only be someone you could write off as a coach if say some youngsters stepped up or something like that. Like he's not someone that you could flat out at this point of the year already say, yeah, I just don't want to use him this year. You know what I mean? Yeah, especially when your alternate option is Matt Moylan. Mm. Like, if you if that's what you're left with, then why not ship Moylan off? Yeah, yeah he's, I mean, he's young. Moylan, yeah, <laughs> Moylan might actually go well in Super League. Hey, that's where he's suited. If we're he honest. really is. It'd be uh, it'd be better for him in terms of maybe staying on the field. I think the problem might be that uh, it, the I guess the standard of professionalism over there uh, might drag him down a little bit. I'm trying to be real. I'm trying to tiptoe oh, here. No, I think he'd be. I think it'd be good for his career. It'd rejuvenate him a bit, kind of like uh, what happened with Lachlan Coote over there at St Helens. Yeah, and who knows? We might see Matt Moylan playing for England in the World Cup. <laughs> That'd be so funny. <laughs> Why the fuck not? <laughs> Yeah, they might as well at this point, eh? Hey? Yeah, at least then they'd have a fullback. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe if he lines up for Wales, he can get a gig over there at fullback. Yeah, I wonder if he, he'd qualify for a nation like that. You'd think he would, eh? Of course he would. He'd have someone there. Yeah. Um, in other news, it's been reported that... Um, Joey Lailua, from formerly of the Raiders, has signed a three-year deal with the West Tigers. And some of the talk suggests that the Tigers have signed him on the cheap, which, 
<laughs> yeah, I call bullshit on that. Yeah, it'll be the first time in Tigers history, West Tigers history. Yeah, Tigers don't do anyone on the cheap except coaches. Yeah. <laughs> Administrators. Administrators. Justin Potato. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, people who matter. That's who they get on the cheap. Yeah. Well, like well, and we were saying once again before the podcast that if you found out that Joey Leilu was on 700 grand, like down the track per year at the West Tigers, you wouldn't be totally shocked because. No, not at all. Fucking when when I found out that Moses and Bai was on like nearly nine hundred thousand dollars, like I'm yeah. still angry about it. Yeah, I was, I I sort of that's the sort of signing, and you look at the money, you just as a Tigers fan, mm. you just shake your head and laugh because you just go, I'm not surprised. Mm. <laughs> of course, they paid him that much. Look, I'm not opposed to the club signing Lua. I mean, they've got bugger all depth in the backs, mm-hmm. but. Um, my my issue is the club needs a hooker. Mm-hmm. Like the the hooker they're they're putting all their eggs in is is uh, Jacob Little, and the poor bastard just gets injured everybody fifteen minutes he plays. Yeah, and he's going to be missing the first half of of this year as well. And the club had an opportunity to get Isaac Luke, who would have been fucking fantastic, even for half a season, just pay for him one year. He'd have been brilliant for that first part of the season until Little was fit. Yeah. Perfect. Um, missed him. Um, they could have got Danny Levi, who has, I'm pretty sure he's played a test match for New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And while he may not be absolute world class, he is a genuine nine, yeah. which the Tigers don't have. And he'd have been a good depth signing as well when Little comes back because the Tigers are going to need a nine who can play off the bench as well because Little has never played an 80-minute game of football. Yeah. And he's and going to be coming back from another pretty bad injury, so there's a fair chance we're going to need to rely on a, on a genuine nine for the whole of the year. So Danny Levi, to me, seemed like a pretty good and cheap option. Mm-hmm. would have been very handy there. And instead, we didn't sign either of them and signed a centre. Uh... And the thing is, too, when the... Like, the alternatives at hooker that have been talked about are uh, uh, Moses Mbai, who's he's not a hooker. Like, I don't no. know what his position is. He played some good games at centre for the Tigers, but I'm talking like one or two last year. But he's not a he's not a uh, hooker. And then Josh Reynolds, who, like, who knows what's going to be happening with him in terms of um, the integrity unit. And no. on top of that, he's not a hooker either. No. And the last one was was Billy Walters, Kevin Walters' boy, and he ha- he can play hooker, but he's also, a f- you know, like his old man, he's a five eight, mm. um, and you know, no first grade experience at hooker for, as far as I'm aware. So there's there's a few young guys getting around in low grades. I don't know if the Tigers assigned him. Billy Britton is is a is one who's an absolute gun. Another's Harry Grant. I think the Storm have got him locked down though. But those two would be the two best young hookers out there that an NR, that would be NR already. Yeah. Um, but Tigers, as usual, just sitting on their hands doing nothing. Well, you made a really good point about their recruitment uh, when we were talking earlier about who they go after. Yeah, whoever's available. Yeah. And yeah, I'd have thought about just it. Sign and sign a name and one that's placed first grade at another club if you sign them. Then you, you you deal with the ramifications later as to where you play them. 
Yeah, and they've always done that, the West Tigers. Mm. It's mm-hmm. crazy. And I wish they'd just say, you know what, if we don't need it, if we can't find what we want, then fuck it, let's just sit on our cash and wait until something comes along and then get what we need. But instead they yeah. just go, no, no, we've got to buy someone, we've got to do something. I feel like got, the boys got to spend that money. They've got Joey Leilua for three years, right? And I agree with you. Like, if they'd got him for one year, I'd be like, the money's there. Might as well spend it for the year and look towards the future, look for recruiting for the future. But Joey Leilua is not going to turn them into a premiership winner in the next three years. Um, They need to build almost from the ground up. Like, if you look for three years from now, they'll, they'll have Luke Brooks, and they'll have some of their forwards, but, I mean, Benji will be long gone by then. Uh, Joey Leilu is going to be 31 by then. Like, they need they need a plan. It's almost as though they need a plan. And, like, the recruitment that they do, I mean, they even picked up Reynolds because the Bulldogs didn't want him. On by was a similar situation. Um, it would have been great if they could have got Latrell Mitchell. But, once again, it's a, you know, a club that's willing to let someone go under contract. They, they need a plan. They need to start not only producing more young talent and bringing them through to first grade, but like they need to just let Maguire build a team rather than just chucking it together. They, they, it's almost like um, you know putting together a fantasy team, and it's like, well, I can get Leilua, and it's that's not how you build a team long term. No, that's right. And they've been linked with a lot of players, obviously. But, I, you know, Adam Dewey's off contract. The Tigers have been linked with him. I don't know how serious it is, but he'd be a, a handy a handy signing. Alex mm-hmm. Johnson from, from South um, would be perfect to fullback. Yeah. At the moment, the Tigers' spine looks close to one of the worst. Actually, I'd, I'd say they are. They do have the worst spine in the comp. Because at the moment, all they've got is a is a good pair of halves, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. They've got, I, they've got a winger filling in at fullback, which will be Corey Thompson, mm-hmm. um, and whatever Moses and Bai is filling in hooker. Yeah, you can't have <laughs> filling players taking up half your spine. It's it's ridiculous. No, and like for like this time next year, Benji's probably going to retire unless he just for some reason, decides against it. Um, on by... They can't keep hanging on Benji hanging around, though. I mean, he's been... Obviously, he's playing great footy, but he's 35 this year. Yeah, like, it's eventually... He's just not going to be able to go on. His body will tell him, no, that's it. Yeah. Uh, and look, I, I would love to see him play for three more years if he can physically do it and he wants to do it. Um, I loved that he had the form last year that he probably was going to retire at the end of last year, but he knew that he wanted to keep playing. And he, you could see he really enjoyed his football too, which I really loved. Mm. Uh, there's there's a point where when you've been the best player in the world at some point uh, and you, you start to fall away from that, and some players, you can see that they're sort of dragging themselves through the motions. And some of them, they get through that point and they come out the other side and they just enjoy playing footy. And he's at that point now. Um, 
Brad Fittler come to that point too as a, a elite player, which was awesome to see. Andrew Johns didn't get a chance to get to that point because he got his neck injury. Uh, Darren Lockyer was he was a little bit different, but he kind of got to that point too. Um, I love watching Benji Marshall play, and I mean the West Tigers are so lucky that they've got that wealth of experience in him. I mean, there's nothing that Benji has... There's literally nothing Benji Marshall hasn't done in the game. And, man, without him, like, where would they be? Like, I think Brooks... I think if he didn't have Marshall next to him, I reckon Brooks would have said, look, I can't keep doing this with my career. But Brooks, Brooks has always played well with Robbie Farrer in the side, like a genuine nine. Yeah. When he hasn't had a genuine nine to help take the pressure off him, he has struggled hard. Yeah. Um, and so that's the thing I worry about this year is we don't have a genuine nine. I I think Brooks is going to struggle a lot. Uh, I don't know if Benji's going to be able to help him out as much as he needs to because mm-hmm. Farrah had a pretty good year last year. And oh, that took he, a, it might have, I think it was the best year of his career overall. It was one of his better ones. And it was... It just gave Brooks so much more freedom to do what he wanted to do. He wasn't the only kicking option in the in the halves. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't the only creator. And so Brooks is able to play more of his running game, but that's not going to be something that's going to be available to him this time around, especially if we... Oh, that Tigers pack is just... Yeah, it, it's, it's middle of the road. Mm-hmm. It'll be somewhat competitive most of the time. Mm-hmm. But it's never going to dominate an opposition side. Yeah, they haven't got that. Uh, they haven't got that player that's just got that something a bit extra, have they? You know what I mean? No, they've got a few young blokes coming through, but they're they're just not quite there yet. Yeah. Um, oh boy, the the squad is just a it's just a mess. The thing I worry about is that if Benji. It def- is like comes out mid-season and says, I'm definitely going at the end of the year. And they don't sort something out with that hooker position and they have a real bad year. I really do worry that Brooks, who at this stage is on a pretty nice contract for a first-grade halfback. Like, it's he'd, he'd be on less money than a lot of first-grade halfbacks that I would dare say he's better than. Um I worry that he will start looking at other opportunities. And it, look, if they lose him... Uh, it's a complete reset for the club. Like, they've got to start from scratch. I don't think he's on huge money. I've, something tells me he's on 600 Yeah, yeah. I, and, like, a $600,000 halfback with now as experienced as he is, man, that's a, that's friggin' cheap. Yeah, I mean, by the end of this season, he'll have 150 games to his name. Yeah. And he'll still be 25 years old. Yeah, unbelievable. And, and like... You could see a situation where, say, um, South Sydney with Reynolds, if he has a really badly hit, injury-prone season, I could see someone like South Sydney saying, look, we could get Brooks, and he's going to cost less money, and he's younger, and he's he's not injury-prone at all. And we know what we're going to get with him week in, week out, you know what I mean? Uh, any club, next any, any club with a decent forward pack will take him, and they'll they'll give him whatever they want. Yeah. Like, could you imagine him playing halfback at the Storm? Yeah. And that's what worries me, is that there'll be other clubs around the league that'll be thinking about this, 
and he's a, he is super, super loyal, Brooks. But at some point, you, he's got to look at his situation and think, man, do I want to be the player that plays like 10, 12 years and I make the finals a couple of times? You if know, he's lucky. Yeah. And that that's what worries me anyway with the Tigers. Because I think that you can build around Brooks and some of their forwards. I think you can add pieces to that. But if Brooks is gone and you've got to find new halves and a new hooker and a fullback and wingers, like at some point you're just restarting again. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, essentially that's what's going to happen. I think in the next year or two they're probably going to be looking at whether they keep Robert Jennings on, mm. um, David Nofaluma, Moses Mbai, um Elijah Taylor, Russell Packer, Josh Reynolds, uh, Chris Lawrence, Chris McQueen. There's a lot of players there and a lot of money tied up in them. So that gives them some some leeway. But uh, there's a lot of players you've got to buy with that money that you free up. A lot of players. Like, yeah. Three of them are going to be spine players. You're going to need a, a one, a six, and a nine out of those. Yeah, and they... You just can't get that in, in, on the market. I don't care if it's the best free agent market going. You, you're not picking all of them up. Not in know? one year. No. Not even in two years. You, you'll be flat out getting all of those in two seasons. Yeah. So yeah. I, they've got themselves in a really bad spot. Um, and I'm surprised no one's talking about it, to be honest, because the, the roster doesn't look that fantastic. Mm. And their spine looks woeful, especially if they're going to have feeling players. In, in half of the spots. Mm-hmm. Um, front row rotation's thin. Mm-hmm. Um, back row is pretty well stocked. That's a, yep. that's probably the only well stocked part is the back row. But I mean, it's the West Tigers have always had a shit ton of back rows. Yeah. Um, They're really good in the centres, in the halves, <laughs> at hooker, in the front row. <laughs> yeah, make sure, they, make sure they can play every position. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's. I, I, I think it's going to be. This should be the first season of yet another rebuild, but this time, let's do the fucking rebuild properly. Yeah, one hundred percent. Do Do you get the like? I remember when we had Matthew Elliott coaching the Panthers, and I knew that if we got a certain level of success, that it would mean that we didn't have change. And eventually we, like, there were a couple of seasons, like there was one season where we fluked second place and people were going off about it. And it was, I thought it was a bit of a hammer blow to the club because it, it just papered over the cracks and it meant that we it was going to be a longer time before we had, saw the changes that needed to be made. Do you feel that way as a West Tigers fan where you feel as though the, the ninth places and being close but not quite there maybe doesn't give enough incentive to make the massive changes they need where you, you may might be better off having a season where you come dead last so that there's that full incentive to clear the place I, out. I think the club is getting very close to that bad year. Mm-hmm. And if we, have a, if we have a look at who the Tigers beat in 2019, you start to see that it wasn't that impressive a season when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they beat... Manly in round one, which was a good performance. 
Then there'll be Warriors, who didn't make the finals. There'll be Brisbane, who just scraped in and then got flogged in the finals. Mm-hmm. Beat the last-place Titans. They beat Penrith, who was struggling horribly. Beat the Cowboys, who struggled all year. Beat South, who I think didn't have their origin players. Beat Newcastle, who struggled. Beat Cowboys, who struggled. They beat Newcastle again, who were struggling. And they beat the Dragons, who were woeful. Yeah. Where are uh, wow. Man. There was no genuinely consistently strong results against teams in the top eight to show to you that this is a team that's on the up or it's a team that's that's going to push for a spot up in the top eight. They're just... That that ninth is... That's a very high nine, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, and I and think they're going to... They haven't done enough to their squad to improve it, to tell me that they're going to be a better team next year, uh, this season. I think they're going to drop a, a fair whack. Yeah, and like when you go through that list of teams that they beat, I think it's fair to say a hell of a lot of them should be better this year. Like I think the Broncos, and, and they're poorly coached Broncos, but the Broncos just on the fact that they're youngsters are, are so young and they've finally got a halfback, they should be better this year. Um, you Cowboys never know. should be better. The Cowboys should be better. You never know with Panthers. I've got no idea with Panthers. Um Dragons should be better, but you know, then they've got McGregor, so maybe that'll be just another another four points if they're playing them twice. Well, I mean, the Knights should be better. You know, mm. new coach. Um, you know, they've been together one more season. You know, it's and the Gold Coast should be way way better if their plays just put in. They'll be better. You know, with no additions. Mm. That's what. That's another thing that worries me about the Tigers is that I see improvement in everyone, everyone, except them. Yeah. And and the the player in their team that is the linchpin and the the player that can win the game for them is thirty five years old. Exactly right. And that's a big problem. And yeah. he doesn't have a reliable, strong, consistent forward pack around him to help him out either. So there's going to be games where that pack's going to be getting rolled and he's not going to have any room to move. Yeah, and those and games are going to get ugly and there's going to be a few more of those this year than when there were last year. Yeah, and, and look, if he wasn't the one of the all-time greats, and I consider Benjamin Marshall one of the all-time greats without question, um, who can drag a team kicking and screaming to a win, they have no right to be winning. Um like, there's only so much you can do, though. There's yeah. only so much. It's man, I hate it. I hate it when I see a team that they should be. They should be a juggernaut. This is a team from that has the whole MacArthur region that has links into Balmain. They should be in such rude health. Yeah, they've just pissed it up the wall. Yeah. Ugh. In potato, we trust. <laughs> well, I'm just glad they didn't overspend on R- Literal Mitchell. You know, who, who needs a 22-year-old goal kick and test centre? Uh, yeah, well, given how much she has to pay for him, Tiger's actually lucked out there because they were probably going to spend like $1.1 million on him and South paid half that. I tell you what, if the Tigers had spent $1.1 on Literal Mitchell, I would have been like, good, do it. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have been too upset at it, but yeah. uh, at the same time, I just wish they'd get their spine sorted out before they started looking at centres. Yeah, 
Yeah. What's the point of having centers if you've got no distribution to get the ball out to them in the first place? You put you, you can put Mal Meninga and Andrew Eddinghausen out there if you want. They're not going to get the ball. What's the fucking point? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree. At least you finally got an outside back that's not, like, undersized. That's true. <laughs> How many outside backs have you had that uh, are like, Matt Utai, you know, they're just short. They can run hard. They'll try hard, but I just am, I'm happy that the West Tigers finally have someone that's, you know, a big athlete, at least. All I'm banking on at the moment is that they're, they're going to put an offer to, to Josh Adokar and he accepts. Then, then yeah. we've got a decent speed winger. That would be cool. That'd be very cool. Imagine if... Imagine if by round three, Joey Lalu was playing in the back row. <laughs> he will be. Look at him. He'll be in the front row. Yeah, he's playing up front, and they've got a back row. <laughs> It'll be Danny Galea all over again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. It sucks, eh? <laughs> oh, it does. It really does. Oh, man. But there we go. Well... Yeah, we've got the, the enjoyable part out of it. We'll get on to the big news story out of today, which is not rugby league related, and that was the, the tragic news that uh, NBA legend icon Kobe Bryant was killed in a uh, tragic helicopter accident today alongside his uh, his daughter as well. Yeah. Uh, a few other people in the chopper as well. Uh, huge news, and he's only 41. Um, and first thing I thought of when I, when I think about Kobe was that he... He took the mantle from from Jordan. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the legacy he ran with. Yeah, look, I was lucky enough to. I mean, I was a. I've been a basketball fan for quite a long time, and so I was lucky enough to see Kobe's entire career. And I remember, I remember when the the Lakers did the trade for Vladi Divac, and they sent him to the uh, Charlotte Hornets for this young kid, Kobe Bryant. And it was a big trade at the time. Like, Lakers fans weren't real happy. And I remember when he started showing the flashes for the Lakers and it was, you know, it was like looking up at the night sky and you see, you know, a bright flash and like, oh, man, what's this? This might be something. And it turned into a supernova, you know. He turned into, he was like a, he was like a psychopath in terms of the way that he was competitive and you'd only really seen that in Michael Jordan. Um, the, I think the fact that Michael Jordan, even though Kobe was a young bloke when Jordan was still playing, Jordan always saw him as he, he saw something within himself in Kobe Bryant. And there's not many players that Michael Jordan has ever given real praise to. Um, Hakeem Olajuwon was one. Shaq was one. Both obviously centers, so not the position that Jordan played. But Kobe was one, and Kobe was a young guy that was going at him, and you could see in a lot of the games they played against each other that Jordan really loved the fact that he had somebody that was so good that was going at him. And as you say, he he really took that mantle from Jordan and carried the NBA for quite a long time. And I mean, five championships, MVP. He should have won more MVPs. He was the Agreed. he was the stint for a long time. Um, the thing I loved about him was he was just uh, like when it come time to win the game, it was just his time. It was Kobe's time. And I loved watching the Lakers because it, it, he was just, it was just incredible how many times he come through in the clutch for them. Um, 
when I heard the news, I got a text this morning and I, I couldn't believe it. I was absolutely devastated. Um, yeah, no, me too. I was absolutely shocked going, nah, that, that can't be right. Just think it was one of those stupid hoaxes things. But yeah, it's just uh, okay. stunning, stunning news. Um, and it's sad when it's like, the thing about Kobe that was a bit different from Jordan is that Kobe Bryant was that psychotic competitor, but he, off the court, like the players really admired him and, and and wanted to be around him and hear from him and learn from him. Jordan wasn't really like that. He wasn't close to a lot of players like that. And Kobe was still involved in the game. I mean, we talked about this before the podcast just yesterday. Um, he was there to congratulate LeBron James for passing him on the all-time scorers list. And it was very much a, it was a celebration of what they had both done. And he was involved with the Lakers. He was there at games. He was, he talked to young players. This was a guy that was, you know, he'd retired, but he wasn't in the twilight of his life because he retired. Like a lot of sportsmen do. Like it was almost like, it was the beginning of so many amazing things for Kobe. And I think that's why when something like this happens, it's like seeing a superhero pass away because, you know, someone like Kobe Bryant, he's like a force of nature. He's like an element. You know, he he, he shouldn't die when he's 41. That's uh, right. He's uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and the impact his death is having worldwide shows just how, you know, how amazingly respected he was. And, you know, took full credit to what he managed to achieve on and off the court. Yeah, it really is. It, it actually, it made me think about um, other moments in sport in in our lifetime that have had the same sort of hammer blow effect. Um, the first one that I could think of was when uh, Magic Johnson announced that he had HIV because when he announced he had HIV, people that got HIV basically died within about six months. And that was a real hammer blow. The next one that I could think of was Ayrton Senna when he, he died at Imbar in 94. Yeah, that, that was a huge one, Ayrton Senna's passing. Yeah, and, and it was... You know, and Senna was a, a similar thing. It was like super your superheroes aren't supposed to die like that, you know? No. Um, I suppose another one that goes closer to that is when Nicky Lauder almost got killed, you know, uh, you know, when his car caught on fire. Yeah. You know, yeah. He was, he was a world champion at the time and very high, very well respected and um, very similar thing there. Everyone was sort of holding their, their hearts in their throats, I guess, thinking, you know, hoping it would come through. Yeah, and uh, like another one I thought of was when Michael Schumacher had got his head injury. Yep. Um, skiing because, I mean, he, he's been, I remember seeing him crash at Silverstone at 280 k's an hour straight into a barrier. I thought he died. He broke his leg in that crash. Um, and then, he, you know, he goes off the thing skiing and he hits his head and like is, you know, by all reports, he's a vegetable now. That was another one of those hammer blow sort of things where, you know, it's, it's really sad to see something like that happen. And um, to know that he passed away, 
He had his daughter with him. They were going to, reportedly, they were going to a basketball camp that he had set up for young players and some of the other people on the, the chopper uh, with him were going. He was taking them to the camp too. Um, yeah, it's really, truly devastating. And um, it's it's been a very sad day today. Uh, it's it, And it's going to take a, a long while for a lot of people to get over this uh, um you know, and I, I'm sorry for bringing it up on the podcast. And and normally we talk about cheery things and have a a laugh and that. But I, I thought it was something to to talk about. And you know, there's two there's two Kobe Bryant stories I'd love to tell. Right? Yeah, go first for it. One, the first one I was I was showing somebody um, Achilles injuries in the NBA only about two weeks ago, and. I was, you know, there was a compilation of them, and I put it on, and you could see all of these players going down, and and then obviously an Achilles injury is a, it's a devastating injury. It's one of those ones where a lot of players know what it is as soon as it happens, um, and it's very painful. They know that it's at least a year, and for a lot of them, it's career changing. Um, a lot of players in this compilation were going down, a lot of pain going off on stretches and stuff. When Kobe did his Achilles, he was fouled and he reached down to the back of his ankle, felt it. He walks off the court to the bench, like didn't go down or anything, walks to the court to the bench, knows he's done his Achilles, but he's got to go back and take the two free throws. And so he goes back and takes the two free throws and makes them and then walks off the court again. And he's done his Achilles. Uh, he managed to come back. His body wasn't, he, because of his age, his body wasn't up to it at the time to come straight back and, and be himself again. But in his last game, he had that, I mean, that legendary performance where I think he scored like 60 points or something in his last games. Just incredible. And then the other story happened actually only about a month and a half ago. And there's a player for the Mavericks called Luka Don- Donkic who was on the sideline and he's about to in, inbound the pass. And I think he's Slovakian and he hears somebody behind him, trash talking him in his native language. He turns around, it's Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Kobe Bryant know, knows like seven languages or something like that. And when he saw it was Kobe Bryant, it's like, it just added to Kobe Bryant's legend. Cause he was, he had all of these little wrinkles to him as a person. Like he grew up in, in Italy cause his dad played in Italy and you know, it's so sad to to know that he's gone. It's uh, it was devastating to hear that. So yeah, I just wanted to talk about him a little bit on the podcast because, um, you know, he's, he's a true legend of sport, really. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, we we saw it even tonight in the in the Australian Open tennis. Had Nick Kyrgios warming up and he was wearing a you know a Kobe Bryant Lakers uh, jersey. Mm-hmm. It's it's gone everywhere. Everyone's yeah. going to be impacted by it because everyone just knows Kobe Bryant. You know, he, he he was just the man for so long. He really was. I, like there were a lot of NBA teams because he he wore two jump two jerseys. Um, twenty four and eight, wasn't it? Twenty four and eight. Yep. And so we saw a lot of teams when they started the game uh, today. They took the twenty four second clock violation, and the other team would take the eight second backcourt violation in in tribute to him. Um, I watched the Rockets game uh, earlier today. 
I think that was the first game on the schedule. And I mean, the news had just broken then. And I I kind of watched it because it, it just seemed like the right thing to do. And you could tell that it like the result didn't matter. And the players talked about that after the game. Um, you know, players, you know, crying, talking about it. And, and coaches, Doc Rivers. Oh, I saw uh, the I saw the interview with Doc. Yeah, he was absolutely yeah. devastated, as you'd expect. Yeah, and uh, like, you know, it's just it's so sad when when something like that happens. And you know, uh, he left behind a lot of great memories and a lot. His legacy is unbelievable. Um, one of, if not the most loved LA Laker of all time, which is saying a lot because Magic Johnson is yeah. uh, is part of the Lakers organization. Well, the the team anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm very sad about that today. That's fair enough. So, so uh, th- thoughts and best wishes to to Kobe's family. I know they're probably not listening, but you know, say it anyway because we we generally do. Um, feel sorry for what's happened and um, yeah I guess not much more we can add to it other than that we might wrap wrap this episode up here on that uh, on that sombre note yeah yeah so thanks to everyone for listening um, you can check us out on com. our website it's a newish website so check us out there where can they follow us on social media oh look you can get us on twitter fergofreakpod um, we're on Facebook, we're on LinkedIn, we're on, we're on bloody LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, so get into us over there. Uh, on pastors, that's why. Oh, mate, professionals, <laughs> get us into you. We're on there. Um, we're on YouTube. We're on every podcasting device there is. So you got no excuses. Get around us. Um. Leave us reviews, five-star reviews. Leave us some comments. We'll read them out on here. We'll put them up on our website as well. Um, haven't had any for a while, so give us something extra to do to put on the end of these episodes instead of us gibbering on my shit. Yeah, that would be fantastic. We'd love to be able to read one awesome review uh, per episode. That would be great. And we've got a lot of new listeners. We know that because the, the numbers are going off the head. So if you're a new listener, go onto iTunes, leave us a a five-star review and say something nice about us and we'll we'll read it out. We'll say your username and everything. So we would love that. Yeah, we'll make you famous. Exactly, exactly. And uh, if you've got a bit of coin and you want to sponsor the show, you can get in and do that as well. We've got a few packages there. And if you if you want to do something other than those packages, then, you know, we're always open to negotiate stuff. So you can get in touch with us and we can organize something there as well. Yeah, if you just... Uh, Email us at podcast at leaguefreak.com and, and we'll get back to you on that. And, yeah, we'll uh, sort something out and we're sure that you will enjoy what we end up doing. Absolutely. And uh, on that note, we'll wrap this one up. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll catch you next time.